Lifting down to Lift dungeon. Yeah. Um, Lift and peeved. Lift and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. <laughs> I don't want it. It's a real world. It's a real world. It's a real It's a real one? I don't use it, but it's your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, also featured on Dash Radio Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. Thanks for joining us today. Our show is brought to you by Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady wants to be your homeboy. Check him out, homeboyok.com, homeboyok, on all social media platforms. Grady is a GRI designee, which means that he knows just how to get you into the home of your dreams or help you to sell the home that you would like to sell. On top of that, Grady is just a wonderful person. He can get everything done you need to, all your home buying and selling needs, but also he is just the coolest dude. So you'll get to have a friend come alongside you and help you buy or sell a home, which what can be better than that? Please contact Grady Carter and support the people that support us and use Homeboy OK. On the line with me today, I got my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? Oh, 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's an early one. Woo. Shout out to Alex. If you have time today on Twitter, thank Alex for getting up so early to do this pod with us because... I've actually been trying to talk him into it for a little while, and he finally bit, so um, <laughs> please thank him. So the Thunder lost last night to the Golden State Warriors, which normally is shouldn't be that big a deal, but the standings are the way they are. The Thunder are like right just in the thick of this Western Conference race, and like the Warriors on, only had like you know, six or seven of their normal rotation players in there um they lost by four russell westbrook was unbelievable i want to say that first because i feel like it get it'll get lost a little bit today um he was just unreal 44 points on 26 shots he made, he only missed one free throw last night it was 11 for 12 16 rebounds six assists i need to go and dig up his potential assists because i'm certain he would have had like 30 assists last night because um, i felt like he was generating a ton of shots really good shots for these players and nobody hit their shots. It was terrible. Yeah, it was except, except, uh, our good friend, Alex Abrinas. I know, man, he was so good. He played 18 minutes. I feel like he should have played 30, uh, last night. Take, you know, take a little bit away from Brewer and maybe take all of Felton's minutes from last night. Cause he was just atrocious. He was over five from the field and like, that was like his that's it like he was just really really bad but abrinas was really good i thought that awesome dunk oh my gosh he just destroyed jordan bell uh do you do you think that abrinas is like the most underrated athletic player in the nba because he's had some of these dunks and he's had these blocks yeah i mean he's i don't think anybody would call him an athlete 
Even, no, he's a professional athlete, but I don't think people would call him an athlete. Um, but yeah, boy, boy can get up. He, he really can. That and it was just shocking. And like you saw Terrence Ferguson's face on the bench, which was a great. I'm glad they went right to the bench because it was hilarious. A like Corey Brewer like looked genuinely shocked, and then you saw <laughs> Ferguson. Man, that was that was an incredible moment. He he just needs to play more. Like we t- we talked about him as being like an important player in the rotation in half the season. I look like a big idiot because he doesn't play, or if he does play, he doesn't look that good. And then like you see what he's able to do in games like last night, and it's like like this dude is really good. He's two of four from three. He had that massive dunk. He didn't do really anything besides that. But this team needs shooting and they need spacing, and he can provide that. And I think Billy, he's showing what he's going to do come playoff time i feel like as far as rotations go ferguson has fallen out of that rotation which praise the lord for that i feel like that that's an answer to my prayers right now Uh, (laughs) but it's good to see that that he understands like what he's got in abrinus because it's it's felt like all season that maybe he didn't understand that um man the shooting last night so bad it was so really bad. bad. I, I, it was awful. I'm shocked that they only lost by four. Yeah. Especially when you have Paul George and Carmelo can't do the math in my head. I think they were nine for 35 combined. Yeah, I have that somewhere. But yeah, they were. I mean, George in particular was so weird last night. He had three turnovers, but I think every person that watched that game can remember all three of his turnovers, right? Like he... Right. He just had, they were just in spectacular fashion. And I don't know, man. Like, his shooting is weird. Last night, after the game, he said it feels funny when he's shooting. It's yeah, like, that was weird. Like, what, is that, what does that mean, Paul? I think Paul just says stuff sometimes without really even thinking about it. I think that that was one of those moments, but it's also a candid moment for him. And it's like, oh, what the heck does that mean? Are you, I don't know. I mean, if Paul if Paul plays like this in the playoffs, like the Thunder are getting at around one, like they're just not. Yeah, Fred Katz's exact tweet was: Paul George says there's something mechanically wrong with his shot. He said, "I don't know what it is. It just feels funny. Shooting the ball feels funny. Shooting the ball feels funny." <laughs> well, that's awful. That's terrible. That's not a good sign. <laughs> Come on, and then Did, not, didn't need to hear that. No, <laughs> I'd rather not know that. That was. I was just twisting the knife that's already in my abdomen. Um, yeah. Mello was, I feel like he had some good moments last night, but like you can't go over nine from three and win the game. Like you can't have Paul and Mello go three of 18 from three and then win the game, you know, and they were close to it. I mean, if, if Adams was able to get more touches and a lot of that is, you know, props to the warriors for, closing off the lane and closing off those little pocket passes to Adams. Cause usually Adams kills the warriors, but they, they figured some things out. They couldn't keep him off the offensive glass, but on the offensive end in general, uh, they did a good job on him. And I think they made that a priority. He had five turnovers himself last night. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be nice to get Adams more involved. And I, I feel like the thunder aren't, maybe they aren't intentional enough about that especially whenever they have an open paul george or an open carmelo and like i get those things but whenever carmelo anthony has over twice the amount of shots 
that Steven Adams has, it's just not a good thing for OKC. I, I think that they, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I, I would guess that they rarely win those kind of games because I just feel like Adams is more important than a guy that gets six shots in a game. Well, Andrew, just buckle in for next season. <laughs> Wait till you're complaining about this in a year. True. That's true. <laughs> I, oh, man. I'm feeling down, Andrew. I know, I'm it. worried. I've, I've looked into the future, and I'm getting really sad. Yeah. I mean, this, it, every, I feel like the future of this team will be determined by what happens in the playoffs. You know, there's like a chance, there's a slim chance we can talk about this, all the standings in here in a second, but you know, there's a chance that San Antonio gets up to the three and the Thunder stay at six and you play three six with San Antonio. I think if you're the Thunder, you have to feel pretty good going into that series if Kawhi doesn't play and there's like no indication that he will play this season. Um, it would honestly be weirder if he did. <laughs> he just decided, oh, now I'm healthy. I'm coming back. Um, but if you're the Thunder, like, you have to feel pretty good. And then you play the Warriors in round two. and <laughs> you're just I don't feel good about anything, Andrew. About winning your first round series, you don't feel good? No. Why not? I mean, I'm going to talk myself into it. But right now, just look at how they've played against the Western Conference team since, like, Christmas. Yeah. They've been terrible. Yeah, they have been. I, I don't – my only uh, reason for optimism is just how good Paul George has been in the playoffs in years past. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of banking on that. I really need that to happen. Um, you don't think they could beat the Spurs in a playoff series. I do, but I also think that these really well-coached teams like Utah or the Spurs could also just embarrass them. I, I would not be shocked if they lost in like five games to either of those teams. Wow. Like that's where I am. I know, I know. I'm swinging wildly. Wow, Alex, <clears throat> that's that's sad. Well, what? Why should I believe in this team? They've been like this the whole year. Outside of like a two-week stretch in December, they've been just miserable to watch. They've had like little blips. Like a Golden State game here or there, they get you really excited. But if you look at the season at the whole, they've just been this really mediocre team. Mm-hmm. If they, they I, I have no, I, I don't know, man. I mean, every time I watch one of their games and they show the little graphic at the beginning with the starting lineup, in my head, my dumb head is like, oh wow, we're stacked. <laughs> oh, look, look at that, look at that lineup. Oh, oh, I forgot we had all these good players. Yeah, I like trick myself every single time if paul if paul plays better last night they win that game like if he just has a normal paul george game i know we've said that for almost every game they've lost i, I know that's what if but, this one but, thing just happened but they all that one thing always happens right but i'm just saying like there there are chances come playoff time for if they can have those things go right and you don't have to have them go right you just have to have them go, go right four times out of seven for this team i don't think that's I, I don't know i still i still have a belief in this team and maybe i'm a crazy person but like the bench was awful last night paul and Mello were awful they couldn't get adams involved Corey brewer had to take 10 shots and they still like almost win that game and i know like it's that's been like the story of like these past like 10 games it's like oh they they almost won this game or they barely lost this game they barely lost that game 
I don't. I don't know. I still feel like there's a chance that they can pull it together at least for one series to get your first round win. I still. It's entirely possible. Um. Do you think that uh, we'll ever stop booing Kevin Durant? Why would Why would fans stop booing Kevin Durant? I don't know, but like he's going to play for a, a lot longer. Like, do you really think like I don't know in like seven years, like old man Durant comes into town and we're still booing him? Um, I, I feel like there will be a well. I, I, there's still a lot of the story to be written, I guess. Like if the, yeah, like if the Thunder fall apart and they. Like if the worst case scenario happens and like they lose Paul George and Mello comes back and he like demands to be the number two guy and like he has to take 20 shots a game and like the Thunder make the eighth seed and then get crushed by the Warriors in the first round next season and like and then like Russ deteriorates like his athleticism and like his he becomes an albatross contract and then like Kevin Durant continues to ascend like yeah we'll boo Kevin Durant forever you know yeah but like if the thunder can like pull it together win a first round series you know keep it tight against the warriors in round two paul george comes back things look okay for okc heading into next season and they can kind of build you know off of whatever good things they had this season bring robertson back and like they look like a tough team next season and they kind of battle with these western conference teams over the next five years then like maybe we don't boo him that you know I just feel like the story, there's still so much of the story to be written. Because um, if the Thunder end up being in a good spot, which is still possible, it doesn't feel like it right now. Like after that game last night, it feels like everything is just over. I had people tweet at me, why even make the playoffs at this point? You know, like why don't we just <laughs> can get the 14th pick or whatever? It's like, all right, okay, well, like, let's settle down a little bit. Like it feels hopeless right now. It feels frustrating right now. I get that, but. There's there's still a chance for a good scenario for this team, and the all the Paul George ambiguity is like has put such a pressure and damper on this team, and I feel like it's not only the fan base, but I feel like it's the team as well. Like there's so much pressure, and I feel like that is probably contributing to Paul and to Melo and even Russell at times not being as good, is because like the pressure is real and it's crazy and it's tough it's just really really tough and i and i don't know that any of those guys have played under these kind of circumstances and that's why i think you see all these missed free throws and everybody's super tight and they make defensive lapses at the end of games and they can't stay focused for any length of time i feel like just that pressure that constant pressure all season has been really tough on this squad but if like you were guaranteed that this is year one of five I feel like one, like we look at this season a lot differently. Um, and then two, I don't feel like this team, this team probably plays a little looser and probably wins 50 games. But the, the fact is that everything is up in the air with this team and they sure play like it. Um, I thought the weirdest thing about last night's game was just how normal of a game it was. You know, I kept waiting for like a shoving match. Yeah. or something mm-hmm. it was just a very standard affair um you know it's nice to have a close game with the warriors mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just another one of these in a long line of games against good teams where it felt like just a few things went wrong 
And if a few things change, the Thunder win, but now it's like such a pattern that it's hard to fall back on that excuse as much yeah. for me. Yeah, I get that. I feel like more than a few things went wrong for the Thunder. I feel like every, almost everything but Russell went wrong last night. Yeah. Like not getting enough touches for Adams. Paul George missing all his shots. Uh, Carmelo Anthony missing all his shots. Corey Brewer one for four from three, which is like a normal thing, but not to Thunder fans for Corey Brewer. Uh, Patterson didn't hit a shot. Grant only got two shots last night, which is unusual. Felton was awful. Uh, Josh Hughes played 11 minutes um, and had a very minimal impact. And like the only bright spot off the bench was Abrinas, but he was still a minus nine. Um, and then like you look at the production that you know Golden State got off their bench. Like every single player had almost every player off the bench had eight points, but uh, Jordan Bell. You know David West eight points. Uh, is it Damian Jones? Is that his name? Second year player. <laughs> Uh, uh, he was yeah. <laughs> four of four from the field. JaVale McGee, four of four. Nick Young came in three of eight. Uh, this is, I mean, this tells you everything. Nick Young was a team high plus 13 for the game. And like, that's the difference. Like, you look at the starting lineup uh, Durant minus four, Pachulia minus nine, Quinn Cook minus nine, Clay Thompson minus one. Like, the Thunder starters really played well. Russ plus three Adams plus 11 Brewer plus plus nine Carmelo plus six and then Paul because he played at the bench a ton minus five and then the bench was just really bad Jeremy Grant a minus 13 last night I feel like a lot of a lot of things went wrong like if you read me those box score numbers for the Thunder and everything I just said like it sounds like the Thunder lost by 20 right and somehow they're able to hang in that game and that's I don't know that's kind of the story of this Thunder team is like they're able to hang uh, but not enough to win. Um, so I don't know. Like a lot, like that, that was not a great performance. It was an otherworldly performance from Russell, which you hate to waste those. Um, but, you know, if he, if he doesn't have anybody alongside him that's really performing at a, it doesn't have to be elite, but at least at like an all-star type level, then like the Thunder roll easily. But they, they obviously just didn't. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. You got to go check out the press. They're in the Plaza District near downtown Oklahoma City. Number one, cool part of town. Number two, probably the coolest restaurant you'll ever go to. They have two bars in there. They've got a ton of seating, and the food is just unbelievable. They've got a waffle fry bonanza, waffle fries, queso, cheddar, diced red onion, diced bacon, and a little barbecue sauce drizzle. Ooh, it's so good. You can get an avocado toast there. You can get these sweet potato fritters, sweet potato fritters tossed in cinnamon, icing dusted with powdered sugar. Oh, my goodness. They've got a great brunch. They have their buffalo mac and cheese, which is my favorite thing. Uh, It's so, so good. They also have a barbecue mac option with that. Uh, Their salads are great. Uh, You've heard me talk about the salads at Anchor Down. These are the same people that make the salads at Anchor Down. And they're just as good uh, if you need uh, pancakes and bacon even on a nice brunchy day. Go get yourself some pancakes and bacon at the press. They've got great cocktails, a great beer selection, and it's just a cool place to be. Take a big group of friends. Go watch the Thunder game at the bar. Uh, Just a great spot to hang out. And also, they have an outdoor patio coming at you very soon if you follow them 
on Instagram, the press. Okay. You can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, make sure you're doing that. You can see the progress they're making on that and a good place to hang out this summer. So please support the people that support down to dunk and eat at the press. Uh, you want to talk about the the standings and this insane playoff race we have? Yeah, so so the best news for the Thunder is that they've played the most amount of games of any of these teams. So they only have three games left, which means they can only lose three games. <laughs> <laughs> they are <laughs> currently in the sixth seed. They're 45 and 34. They're a half game behind the four and the five, which right now is Utah and San Antonio. They still have at Houston, at Miami, and then Memphis to close the season. Utah, uh, with their win last night, they are in fourth place with the tiebreaker over the Spurs. They still have to play the Clippers, at the Lakers, Golden State, and at Portland on the second night of a back-to-back. So that's still a pretty tough schedule. Spurs have at Lakers, Portland, Kings, and at Pelicans. I can see the Spurs going like three and one. Yeah. that if, if not four and oh that pelicans um, and and if the if they're able to go four and oh like they could easily be the three seed that's the scenario i was talking about because they beat they, portland like they could they could do it yeah the problem is that portland already has three more wins than them so portland would have to basically bomb the rest of the season which is possible they they've been not as good as of late they've been dropping some weird games mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't even include them just because I assumed that, like they're still three ahead in the loss column. They're forty eight and thirty. Yeah, Spurs are forty five and thirty three. You know what's crazy uh, is that the Thunder have a better point differential than the Blazers. Oh, I know. I noticed that. That doesn't seem right, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, and the seventh seed is Minnesota. They are a half game back of OKC. They get at Denver at the Lakers on the second night of a back to back. Uh, Memphis at home, Denver at home. So that's kind of interesting with Minnesota and Denver. They play each other two more times. Yeah. So Denver definitely has a chance to get back in the playoffs. If Denver can uh, win both of those games, like you could see Minnesota fall out in the Nuggets. Yeah, they've, absolutely. They've seemed done for weeks now. Right. And like there's new life there. And how crazy would it be if Minnesota didn't make the playoffs? And I know they've missed Jimmy Butler, and I get that's a big, big deal. And he, he's come back. That's like the one good thing. He he's already like been practicing. He yeah. should be back next game. So hopefully for them, they'll, like they'll be back to what they were. But yeah, Denver keeps winning some close games. Like they beat the Pacers last night to stay in it. Yeah, and they're right there. So then after, so in the eighth seed right now is the Pelicans, forty three thirty four. They're a half game back of Minnesota. They get they have five games left. So they have more games than anyone else. They get Memphis. At Phoenix, so those are two wins. At Golden State, I think Memphis has been beating these teams. I'm, I'm afraid of that Memphis game for the Thunder. I know, like you want to give it to them. Don't, <laughs> don't give it to them yet, Thunder fans. No, they have to because they're they're like deliberately tanking. You saw that they uh, took out Gasol. I in the fourth quarter, Marshawn, they're trying to lose. Marshawn Brooks, man, you can't <laughs> you can't have Marshawn Brooks on your team and try to lose. That's not a thing. Shout out to Tayshawn. <laughs> Tayshawn. Yeah. His favorite players. He hadn't been in the league in three years, <laughs> and he comes in and wins a game. <laughs> Christmas. Oh, man. Uh, so they have Memphis at Phoenix. Then they play at the Warriors, at the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back, and then close with the Spurs. So that's a tough final three games. I mean, who knows what the Warriors are doing at that point? 
um, they might be sitting guys. Then you have Denver, 43 and 35. So they're a half game back of the eighth seed. They're one game back of Minnesota. And like we said, they played Minnesota and then they close at Minnesota. And in between, they play at the Clippers and then at Portland. That's so tough. So that's a a tough four-game stretch. And then the Clippers, who beat the Spurs last night, so I had to include them. They are 42 and 36, a game back of Denver, a game and a half back of the eighth seed. They play at Utah, Denver at home, the Pelicans, and then the Lakers. So they close with three home games. So, I mean, I don't think they have a real chance, but they are going to be in it to where they're still, like, playing really hard. Yeah. I mean, we, it's, it's possible. <laughs> Anything is possible at this point. If I were to predict, I would still say the eight teams that are in will stay in. Um, but if I were to pick somebody to fall out, I think that if, if Denver is able to get those wins against Minnesota. I think that obviously like the Pelicans, like the team, like you're like, ah, oh, they could fall out. But I would think that it would be Denver and Minnesota swapping because it would mean that things went very well for Denver in these four games and things went very wrong for Minnesota. So that's, that would be my prediction. But I would still say that the eight teams that are in will stay in because I, I can't see Minnesota losing both those games to Denver. So, right. Yeah, I mean, New Orleans ha- plays the most games, and that kind of benefits them because you, you think, well, if they can get the Memphis and at Phoenix games, that gets them up to 45 wins, and if they can just win one of those last three games, yeah. they're at 46 wins, and that's probably going to be good enough. Yeah, that should be that should be enough. And that's, I mean, the Thunder, I mean, they, they have a tough, tough schedule. Um, Houston and Miami on the road, those are tough, and then Memphis at home. Uh so yeah, I have no clue what what's going to happen from here. The six uh, the six seed is not ideal, obviously for OKC, but that might be where they end up because uh, I can I can definitely see Utah and San Antonio finishing with better records than they do. Uh, just looking at their schedule, so but we'll see. Anything can happen. These you know the Hawks beat the Jazz. You know, like a lot of these games, like you just want to go ahead and bank them. Um, but weird things are weird things are happening across the league, and like to try to predict exactly what's going to happen from here on out uh, is near impossible. You know, the Thunder could win the next; they could win all three of these games, or they could lose all three. Like I could see either one happening. Just the same with like the playoffs with the Thunder. Like if you told me the Thunder lost in five to San Antonio, I'd say yeah, that probably happened. Or if you say the Thunder swept the the Spurs and then went to seven games with the Warriors. I'd be like, yeah, that probably happened too. You know, you just have no idea what to expect from this Thunder team or from you know, the West standings. It's just kind of, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. It it would be nice to have like a meaningless game. <laughs> you know, like when was the last time the Thunder had a meaningless game? Like they won't have a meaningless game until next season. Like it's just, and that's been kind of exhausting. Like this has been, one of the more exhausting teams to cover in the NBA this season. Uh, <laughs> everything like matters so much, and like you're having to overanalyze every little detail, and you're like trying to like look at the demeanor of Paul George, and like when when is he coming out of the shower, and when is this happening, and how does he how are he and Russ interacting, and what is Russ doing, and what is Melo, you know, can Melo make shots? Is like is Melo's leadership that important to this team? And you know, why doesn't Stephen Adams have a bigger? I mean, it's just like it's it's exhausting. 
this team. And part of that is just how many close games they've had. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Because they, because the last time they blew out a team was that Phoenix game at home. And then, like, they've, it's been close games pretty much ever since then in every single game. And in games where they, things shouldn't be close, but they are. And, you know, the game shouldn't be close on the last game of the season for the Thunder against Memphis, but, um, I would honestly be surprised if it wasn't. Uh, I was just looking up like total clutch minutes yeah. for every team. Do you want to know, or where would you guess OKC ranks? They'd have to be in the top five, right? They are. They are number four. Pelicans are number one by a significant amount. Yeah, I can see that. Pelicans have like 50 more clutch time minutes, and, and they're w- winning with like 223 minutes than the Heat, the Nets, and the Thunder. Wow not good that's i know that's that's an indicator that this team is not an elite team you know right because you look at the top ones it's houston golden state utah uh and then phoenix oh yeah you're either (laughs) which also makes sense yeah you're either very good or very bad (laughs) but uh yeah i mean and that's an indicator not that they're an awful team either but that they're just like they've been okay like they've been a pretty good team They've been good enough to beat to win, you know, a good chunk of their games. And is it disappointing? Absolutely. Like, feel free to be disappointed. But it's thank you. It just is what it is at this point. Okay, we've gone way longer on everything than I thought we would. But we are going to have a Reddit mailbag. Thanks to the people at Our Thunder for having this for us. So. I'm going to ask, we're going to go every other question, uh, Alex and I. So I'll start with the first one. This one is from Daniel Chevy or Daniel's Heavy. I'm not sure <laughs> which. Um, what is the reason that the Thunder are underperforming this badly with so much star power? And what, in your opinion, can be done to fix it this late in the season? Ugh. Maybe this isn't the best one for you to start with. <laughs> It's like the hardest question because it's what I've been asking myself the entire year. Um, in terms of what can be done to fix it, I mean, I think the only hope that we can have right now is that maybe if this team doesn't have a playoff switch that they're about to flip, that Donovan does. Yeah. Like we've, we've seen it before where he will all of a sudden break out these new lineups in the playoffs. And so I'm kind of just banking on that kind of hoping that that happens again and that that will somehow bring out something in this team that we haven't seen. Um, I think the effect of mellow is real. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I really don't know if he's the best fit with the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, because he demands kind of the same amount of attention and the same amount of shots that the other two guys get, even though, you know, he's basically a spot up shooter at this point, but he's still a volume shooter. Yeah. Um, I think that's really thrown off what the potential of that starting lineup can be or what the potential of Russ playing with Paul George could be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's as simple as like Paul George making shots. And that's not like something that can be changed. Like you, I just think that like Paul George needs to be Paul George. And if he is, if he's able to perform up to the level that we expect of him, then, like, you're talking about a really good team. But he's been abysmal lately. I mean, the Thunder could have a massive winning streak had he played up to his potential 
over the span of time because the defense has been good enough. Russell has been spectacular. Adams has been great. And then if you can add just like a great Paul George to that mix, like they don't lose, you know, that game in Boston, right? Right, yeah. And then they don't lose to Portland, you know, on that Sunday where Paul George wasn't very good. And then you're probably, you were close enough to San Antonio and Denver to win those games. You win against the Pelicans. And then if Paul George, you know, shows up last night, you beat Golden State. Like you're talking about like a potential like crazy win streak heading into the playoffs for the Thunder if Paul doesn't have this stupid slump in the middle of the season or at the end of the season. Like you just don't have like that's that's where like if Paul George is just making shots, that that would be massive for this team. And he just hasn't been. And it, it feels funny when he shoots the ball, whatever the heck that means. Uh, okay, these questions are from Doc underscore Marlowe. First question is, Coach Donovan on the hot seat for the team underperforming this season. Is there anyone else you'd like to see in the coaching position? It's been a hot topic on Thunder Reddit. Um, uh, what he, do you think? Is he actually on the hot seat? See, that's the thing. I think you can make a case for him being on the hot seat, but there's no, I I can't even imagine a scenario where they fired him this summer. I, I think that there, that there could be a scenario where he does. I think it would only, if they miss the playoffs, because if they miss the playoffs or if they got like the eighth seed and were swept, I I think they would have to consider it (laughs) Um, because you know, at that point, like this season was a complete failure because not only, yeah. n- not only did they perform poorly, but it was a really weak Western conference this year. There was some stat the other day about how many injuries there have been this year in the league. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like Paul George, Westbrook, Adams, Mello, Felton, Grant, Patterson, Abrinas are all going to play at least 72 games. Yeah. Paul George and Westbrook, your top two guys are likely going to play 78 and 79 games respectively. Like there's not a lot of excuses at that point. Sure. So I th- I think he there is definitely a case to be made that he should be on the hot seat, but I don't know. Just with the way this Thunder team has operated in the past, it's really hard for me to see them actually moving on him. And by the way, I don't know if a new coach really solves anything <laughs> because if Paul George leaves, the roster is going to be significantly worse, and I don't really think a new coach is going to come in and unlock some Olympic mellow or something. Yeah. I, I don't know that he's on the hot seat, but I could see a scenario where like things don't go well. Paul leaves and like Billy and Sam are just like, you know what? Like this has not been what either of us thought this would be. And, you know, just let me out of my deal and I'll go back to the college ranks, you know? And he, Do you think there's any scenario where Sam would leave? Maybe like where he just sees like, man, I'm kind of like locked into this roster I don't have like a ton of picks going forward. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that would be the reason. Because people thought that with this team last year. He's locked into right. this team. What is he going to do? And like Sam has like, shown over and over again like he's super creative and can find ways to reshape a roster. And so it, even if Paul leaves, like everybody's just... Go, is going to go ahead and jump to like everything is over for this team. Well, I don't know. Like I have no idea what what Sam could do in that situation. Obviously, they don't have as many chips to play as they did, but 
I wouldn't. I don't know. You still have Russell Westbrook. You still have Steven Adams. Like, it's it's not impossible that this team... You know, even if Paul leaves, my hot prediction for next season is that the Thunder have more wins than they do this season. Like, I, just, <laughs> I think that that's entirely possible. That would be a very Thunder thing to do. Um, but, like, as far as, like, coaching candidates, like, I would all, I've always been kind of interested in just getting, like, a, a Spurs guy to come in, like a Tori Messina who's been a Spurs assistant and he was a EuroLeague uh, coach for a long time and coached the EuroLeague champion and you know, I I, I think somebody like that would be really interesting um, some guy that would bring something a little bit different and maybe would try to install some kind of offensive system and you know on, honestly if you brought in a guy like that and the Thunder play the same way then it's like, okay, the Thunder are going to play like this as long as Russell Westbrook is the point guard you know, right? And that wouldn't surprise me if that were the case, because obviously Billy hasn't really been able to install what he would like to either. So, and that that just may be just this is the way that Russell plays, and this is the best thing for this team. Um, but yeah, I mean, e- even if things fall apart, like this Thunder team will be relevant as long as Russell Westbrook is on the team. Like he just demands relevance, basically. So they will be, but Western Conference is going to get better in some ways. Like I, 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 I used to think Paul George going to the Lakers was, would be like the dumbest thing, but the way they've played recently now I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe the Lakers young guys are only like a year or two away from being a decent roster. And if you added Paul George to that, like maybe that is a eighth seed next year. I don't know. They could be. Yeah. Yeah, they could be. And the rest of those teams are still going to suck though. <laughs> the Kings, the Mavs, the Suns, the Grizzlies. I guess the Grizzlies could bounce back, but yeah, the the West is still going to be stacked. Like OKC will still be competing for a playoff spot next year. With oh without, for sure, with or without Paul George, like the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, who knows? What, I mean, if they if Kawhi is gone, like maybe they fall back a little bit because you know Lamarcus is a year older and. Powell, who knows what happens with him, Tony Parker, Ginobili, like who knows what happens with that team. Like that team could be boom or bust, who knows. But the Jazz are going to get better, you know. Minnesota's going to get better. The Pelicans, who knows what's going to happen with that team, but they could get better. Portland will probably get better. And then, like what happens with the Clippers and, you know, the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets should probably be better next season too. And then, like, you throw the Lakers into the mix and, like, you're talking about 11 teams fighting for a playoff spot. And then if you talk about Memphis, that's 12. I mean, you're right. Like the West doesn't get any easier going forward. I mean, it's, it's just gets more muddy. And then like you go to the Eastern conference and it's like, woof, you know? Yeah. I mean, what, I mean, especially if LeBron goes West, like Sixers are Sixers looking good. Sixers Celtics. Like the Raptors will still be relevant, obviously. The Pacers have been a cool story, but like, really, what are they? You know, when it comes down to it, like they're just a really nice regular season team that, you know, probably won't do much in the playoffs and don't really have much of a road to becoming like any sort of like quasi contender, you know. And then the Wizards are in such shambles. I guess it'd be on the Bucks to figure something out with their roster, but. West is going to be tough. All right. Next question. 
Do you expect the Rocket starters to play hard to try and push OKC down in the standings or to rest their team because they have the one seed locked up? I think I don't think it's going to be like one or the other. I can like see Chris Paul sitting and I can see if they're going to play hard. I think it's I think it's difficult for these teams like the Warriors and the Rockets to play against the Thunder and like not want to play hard. Because like you see Paul George and Russell and Mello and Stephen Adams on the other side, like that's not exactly a team that you let down against, you know? Right. And so I can see them maybe resting Chris and then, you know, maybe they don't play as hard as like they normally would, but this there's no there's no gimmies with these good teams and like these great teams like the Warriors and Rockets, like they just fall into wins. You know, like they barely beat the Suns the other night, but like they just fell into that win with a Gerald Green three. You know, it's, yes. And uh, and Dan Tony, he's already said that he doesn't want to rest and lose rhythm. Right. And and then also, I would not underestimate Harden wanting to make like a final MVP statement against Westbrook. I feel like I feel like he might want to add an exclamation point on this MVP campaign, considering he got second last year. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, all right, next one. Is TNT players only a lame commentary crew or the lamest commentary crew? It was really bad. I think it's because they don't know what they want to be. They're like <laughs> just trying to be a normal broadcasting crew, which obviously they're not going to be as good as the guys who do it every single night. Yeah. And so then they just end up being this mediocre commentary crew. And like Nate Robinson, for as much as you didn't like him, like at least – he he seemed to be the only one who kind of got the idea yeah. of the players only crew, which is that we really just want to listen to them just chat the whole game. Yeah, that should be the idea, but it has not worked. Nate Robinson, just the idea of Nate just annoys me. And then when he's like presented to me in any way, I'm just annoyed. So that's just maybe that's my problem. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to jump around a little bit. Okay. This question is from Reddit user Speedy Bill. Oh, yeah, Speedy Bill. He has some good ones. Um, well, first one, amid Kawhi Leonard trade rumors, do you think OKC would make a bid? And if so, what would you trade? Huh. So, so I think it's really comes down to would you trade Steven Adams? Because, you know, unless Paul George comes to the front office and says, I want to go to San Antonio, let's do like a sign in trade or something. Yeah. I, I think. Steven Adams is the only asset that could get you Kawhi Leonard because they're going to mm-hmm. have plenty of suitors. Oh, if, yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to be able to get picks and young guys if that's what they want. They're basically going to be able to get whatever they want yeah. um, from any of these tanking teams or from, oh my, I was just thinking of the Celtics. The Celtics could do it. Uh, the, Celtics, Cel- the Celtics will always be a can- like a trade candidate yeah. because of the way that Danny Ainge has managed their roster. Yeah. So I, I don't know, even with Steven Adams, if that would automatically be the best deal that San Antonio could get. Because it's not like we're going to be able to include that many picks with it. Yeah. It'd be like Adams and Ferguson. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you're the Thunder, like, you have to do that. Um, and also, you make Steven Adams a very happy man because the dude admires be so- so much. And he's such a Spurs guy, like he just is. He lo- he's he is infatuated with Tim Duncan. He loves the Spurs franchise. 
it could be his ultimate destiny to be a spur and we could make it happen for him earlier in his career than he thought. And then the Thunder, like if Kawhi does one out and you're able to have Kawhi and Russell and then Phil, like you can, the thing about like it, it would hurt really bad to lose Steven Adams, but you can find bigs to play like this. This league is overloaded with centers right now. Like you can find somebody that could, you know, play starting spot and like, keep Jeremy Grant who can be switchy and you have Patterson obviously already there and you fill in around those two and you could have Robertson there and like you just have the switchiest craziest defense in the NBA plus Russell and Kawhi like obviously that's amazing so yeah of course you do that um I really this was the hardest question anyone wrote which was you could only keep two of Abrinas, Hustis, Tferg, and Grant next year. Who are you picking? Who's BD picking? BD picks Ferguson and Grant. Yes, and I think that. So, so if it's just for next year, yeah, I think I go Abrinas and Grant. Uh huh. Um, but then I feel like if you ask the question like, who would you take for the next five years? Then I'm thinking about taking Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always been a big Abrinas guy, so like my answer is Abrinas and Grant. Um, but Ferguson, Ferguson makes you think, for sure. You're right. Long term, like Terrence Ferguson could be a real guy. Like he could, he could shoot it. He's a crazy athlete. Uh, if he can learn to defend better, which he already has, he's a lot better today than he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, if he continues that and can, and he's got a little bit of a floor game here, not much, but he's at least shown to be able to put the ball on the floor a little bit. Like that's, that's the kind of wing that you want in this NBA. So I, yeah, if we're going long-term Ferguson and Grant, if we're just for one season, it's Sabrina's and Grant. I agree with what you said. Sorry, Josh Eustis. Yeah. I mean, John, I, I like him as a player, but like he doesn't, his offensive game is just way too limited. Like he's right. He shot well in the D league last year, but he just cannot shoot it at the NBA level. And like last night you saw him, you know, take a couple, a couple dribbles in and like, didn't really know what to do with it once he drove. And I think a lot of that is lack of experience for him. Uh, I like his length. I like his athleticism, uh, but he, I don't feel like he has the confidence to be that guy. Like you have to be crazy confident to be one of those guys that comes off the bench and only gets a few shots. And Ferguson and Abrinas have that confidence. Like they, they have unwavering confidence at times. And so, but Houston, Houston is like too much of like a normal dude. You know, like you almost have to be like slightly psychotic to be one of these NBA guys. And Houston just really doesn't have that. Like he's just a normal, (laughs) nice dude. Um, this next question, I'm very excited to hear your answer. Cause when I read it, I immediately had an answer. So I want to know if you felt the same way. It is, what is your personal darkest moment for the thunder as a franchise? So personal, so you personally, what was your darkest moment, Andrew? I think it's a tie between the, the day that Kevin Durant left and game six of the Western conference finals. Um, one, because I was sitting up in the stands and I had Warriors fans right behind me chanting the whole time. 
and it was misery. Um, some of the most like broy, annoying Warriors fans that you could imagine <laughs> were sitting behind me, and then they chanted as we walked out, just were chanting behind us. And it was, <laughs> I mean, absolute misery. Um, and then obviously, like the Durant day, I'm at a Fourth of July parade. I've refreshed Twitter probably 3,000 times in the last 24 hours, and then it comes through, and it's just like, wow. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Um, that was not great. Well, what's yours? So those are definitely up there. But in the moment, the worst for me was 2011. At the time, this was, I was, like, crushed. 2011 Western Conference Finals Game Four. So just to take people back, the reason why Game Four was so bad was because what happened in Game Three. So Game Three, it was OKC Dallas. Dallas would go on to win the title. Mm-hmm. Series would tied. Series was tied one to one. The Mavs got up thirty five twelve in the second quarter. Then they were up sixty one forty two with six minutes left in the third. The Thunder got it all the way down to six in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. And then in four straight possessions, they missed three three-pointers and had a Westbrook turnover. Despite that, they still got it down to four with 24 seconds left, but they couldn't get any closer, so they lose 93-87. So they go down 2-1. But then we're still in OKC. So the first two games were in Dallas, so we still have this game four. We can tie up the series. OKC has a 14-point lead with five minutes left. They have a 10-point lead with two and a half minutes left. Yeah. Then the the Mavs come back. Dirk gets fouled with five seconds left. He hits both free throws to tie it. So the Thunder have five seconds. And do you remember what happened, Andrew? Honestly, I don't. Tell me. Uh, KD attempted a 30-foot three-pointer and is blocked by oh. Sean Marion. <laughs> Sean Marion. So the game goes to overtime, and then the Thunder lose. And that I've never been more depressed about a loss i don't know why that wow i don't know why i just that game sticks in my memory so strongly and when i read this question that was the very first thing that popped up i it was like everything that we were worried about that team at the time all like culminated in this one game and it was just brutal because we really thought that we were gonna go like we could beat dallas turns out dallas was you know a team of destiny yeah. Um, but yeah, that game for 2011 Western Conference Final, that game killed me. Yeah, to me, like those games didn't hurt as much because it felt like this Thunder team was going to be together forever. You know, that's true. Yeah, like they're so young, like they shouldn't even be here. Like you, like it's easier to rationalize after Game Six. It was like, wow. But still, even after that Game Six, and why maybe the Durant leaving was a darker moment is like you think there's no way Kevin can go to that team you know yeah and you also still had the outside shot that they had game seven like they could still win a game seven yeah um it's it's that's the funniest thing about that series is that nobody talks about game seven like if mm-hmm. you were, like if somebody never watched that series and never heard anything about it they would think it ended in game six um like no one talks that game seven nobody talks about it because it was just i mean that was that was the game thunder up three one the thunder win that they go to the finals you know like that's i mean the the durant stuff was looming over the team not not as heavy of of a uh looming cloud as like paul george's this season because you know it almost feels like yeah paul is going to leave and depending on like how the team plays like the team played well during a stretch of like the 
no way Paul's going to leave. He'll one and one for sure. He's signing a one and one for sure. And like the Thunder would go, like they lose three in a row. They're like, why would Paul George come back here? You know, it never felt like that with Durant. Like it, the way that Durant talked and how, you know, how long he was here and everything, it just felt like he was going to stay. Um, but yeah, that, I, I still think to me, Durant leaving and then like, what the heck is going to happen with this team? You know, they had just traded Ibaka and they had Oladipo and like, what does that mean? And I mean, it was just, I mean, it, it was, it felt like, oh my goodness, like this team is going to be so mediocre. And then, and everybody likes to bash Westbrook's MVP season and like, you know, talk about like, it's only the triple doubles. Like people just, I don't know why people forget like what an amazing season that was for Russell and how deserving he was of that MVP because not only did he average a triple double, but he drugged this team that like emotionally, not only just the players, but the organization, the front office, the PR department, everybody was just shook by Durant leaving. And what Russ did last season was massive for the franchise. He was crazy in clutch time performance. Like, he's very deserving of that MVP. People are trying to, like, rip that from him this season with, you know, the way that Harden's been playing. And then, like, for some reason, because Harden has been this good this season. And he was good last year. I'm not trying to take away anything from last year. But people are, like, trying to rip that MVP away from him this season with the way that Harden has played this season. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Like, you don't remember everything about it. Like, obviously, you see his stat line, and, like, that's cool, but, like, that's not the only reason he was selected as the MVP. Like, there are some major storylines that went into that, plus the clutch time performance, and then plus the triple-doubles. Yeah, he's extremely deserving. It was one of the most historic seasons in NBA history, and to try to rip that from him, I think, is just idiotic. But anyways. Yeah, the thing that says a lot to me about last year's MVP, and this is a weird thing, but the fact that Danny LaRue picked him, Right. Like really says a lot to me. <laughs> like yeah. and it's not it's not that Danny LaRue's like the end all be all of like NBA podcasts brains, but the fact that Danny LaRue picked well, him and Nate Duncan too. They yeah, play. like that means a lot to me. Because those guys are like robots for the most right. part. Like they, they just look at stats and they watch games and they're like, This is what I this is what I see and they like demand perfection out of every NBA team and if you're not perfect like the Warriors and they're gonna trash you. Like, you know, and yeah, it does. It does say a lot. And I, I hate that. Like the, I mean, Howard Beck. I feel like he does. He's obviously very good at his job, and you know, has a much bigger voice than like either of I, will, you or I will ever have. But like the way that he dismissed Russell was just wrong. Right. It was. Yeah. Just, it was just flat out wrong. Um, um, okay. Let's go. I, I want. I, I want to hear your uh, most overrated OKC restaurant. Most over oh it's Ted's Cafe Escondido. It is Ted's. Yeah, that's. Do you want to do you want to hear my two and three? Yes. Abuelos, Mama Rojas. Oh, so I'm against all Tex-Mex. Oh wow, I think Mama Rojas is pretty good. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I might just not like Tex-Mex. What do you get? Uh, well, the big thing is that I can't eat cheese, and I feel like cheese is a oh, well, you're, big component yeah, of Tex Mex. Yeah, you're in trouble. But what do you get, though? What do I. Uh, uh, give me like a, uh, a couple tacos. Uh, taco, taco, taco salad? <laughs> I really like. <laughs> taco, taco salad. <laughs> 
uh, I really like the salad at uh, Big Truck Tacos. Okay. It's my favorite Mexican sound. Oh, another overrated place, Big Truck Tacos. It's overrated. Well, I wouldn't know. I've only had their salad. Yeah. <laughs> um, overrated. I'm going to ask you a few more, Andrew. Skip Bayless, Colin Coward, or Stephen A. Smith, if we had to replace Michael Cage as an OKC commentator, who would you choose out of those three? This is from Farron. Uh, I go Stephen A. Me too. I thought that was obvious. Yeah. Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless, like they're too annoying. And maybe it's because they're white. Um, cause they're all like pretty much the same guy, but Stephen A is, I find him just hilarious. I think they I do too. And especially if you've ever heard any clips from his radio show. Yeah. Um, there's one in particular, uh, if you type in Stephen A. Smith, Stephen Marbury, it's like a 20 minute long video. It's split into two parts. Um, is very entertaining. Stephen A. Smith really understands how to do <laughs> like drive time sports radio. Uh, he he's incredibly entertaining. And and to like honestly, those three are super talented. Like they're easy to trash and say that they suck and what like those those three dudes like they can hold their own show by themselves for like hours if they needed to. And everybody thinks they can do that kind of thing. No, you cannot. You could not do that. Like somebody, like try to record yourself talking for twenty minutes by yourself. Good luck. Like it's not. This is not. <laughs> it is not easy. Um, so for those guys are extremely talented, and you have to be to get to where they are. Uh, it's just easy to dismiss those guys as idiots. But the three of those dudes are crazy talented. Even if they have dumb opinions, like Cowherd drives me crazy with his opinions. Yeah. But the talent that he has to do what he does day in and day out. Like he he is crazy talented at what he does. So I would love to hear Brian Davis try to respond to Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> like when he goes on one of his rants, <laughs> just uh, to hear what he would follow up with. <laughs> you know who is an incredible dude is Michael Cage. Like he is so nice. He's just an incredibly nice man. So I I think he's awful on the broadcast, but he's an incredibly nice person. Uh, let's see, uh, from chef's slap chop, chef slap chop. Uh, do you guys have any game day rituals or superstitions? Uh, my ritual is all these games that start at five. I usually start watching at my office and on my computer and then i get home and i got my little screen up i got my stream half of it my twitter feed the other half of it um i get some pretzel sticks uh (laughs) i get a i get a bottle of seltzer water (laughs) and uh that's about all i do every single time then i always play video games at halftime oh you know uh typically rocket league but currently playing a lot of splatoon 2 um because i just got that okay and uh and yeah that's my usual my usual game day ritual nice uh i my game day ritual i don't really have one but i've been wearing the same socks on game day if they're clean so that's that's about all i got are they Uh, just normal white socks no 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 uh so they're stance socks oh i have a bunch of like the player ones um and so i have a bunch of like lakers uh, stance socks and so I have mismatched the James Worthy and Shaquille O'Neal ones 
And those are the ones that I wear. One Shaq, one James Worthy. That's what I, that's my game day sock wear. <laughs> Super weird. Uh, okay, so I got to ask you, we're going to rapid fire these from President Boob. <laughs> What's your favorite weapon uh, for every game mode? This is Okay, this here's the deal. I tweeted out that I was only going to take questions on Mellow and Splatoon 2. The, the reality is that I just got the game... I'm only like a level seven, so I don't know what I'm talking about, Andrew. I'm very embarrassed right now. Well, I don't know what you're saying anyway, so it doesn't. Well, uh, so I've been using the roller, using the paint roller. You get a lot of good coverage with that, you know? No, I don't know. Do you know what Splatoon 2 is? Dude, I haven't played, like, like seriously played a video game in seven years. I don't know. What? Yeah. What do you do? Dude, I got kids, man. We <laughs> jump on the trampoline and we play. We play make believe. That's what we do. You got to get them playing video games. <laughs> I'm actually trying to avoid video games for my kids as long as possible. Why the wonder of video games? Please buy your children a Switch so they can play <laughs> Splatoon Two with me. <laughs> I have the only uh, the video game consoles I have is a Nintendo Wii and a mm. Xbox 360. That, mm, that sounds you, very fun. That tells you anything uh, about me. <laughs> so in Splatoon 2, Andrew, <laughs> real quick, you're a it's it's a competitive multiplayer shooter, okay? Maybe Online like shooter. 15 more seconds to explain. I know, I know, I know. It's a shooter, it's a shooter, but you're shooting ink. You're a squid. You're oh, shooting ink. Okay. And you play each other and you have to cover as much of the ground in your color. Cool, sounds you- fun. Okay, next question. <laughs> Pearl or Marina? I don't like either of them. I don't know why they're in the game. Okay. Uh, do you think Mello would be the type of guy to use Tenta Brella? I had to Google it. Sure. Okay. Uh, are you team baseball or team soccer for this weekend? Team soccer. I don't know any baseball players anymore. Woomy, 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 woomy. That's the end. I don't know why he wrote that, but I decided that I must say it. Um, <laughs> this is from Russell Restbrook. Uh, first question, I guess he got the first question and thank you, Wessel. Uh, what are who you'd like to play in the playoffs and the ones that you'd love to play to the ones that you'd hate to play? I have my list. Do you have your list? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, so I said New Orleans slash Denver, yep. whoever is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Utah, uh, San Antonio, Minnesota, Portland, Golden State, Houston. Oh, wow. What was yours? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I don't feel that afraid of Portland. Maybe I'm an idiot. And I know the Thunder lost every game to them. But <laughs> they did. Why are you not afraid? I don't know. There's just something about them. That doesn't, I feel like the Thunder could, could win a playoff series. Against so who, who do you have? Who would you less want to play than I Portland? Think, I think a healthy Minnesota. Yeah. Like if you bring Jimmy Butler back, like they have enough firepower to do something. And Carl Anthony Towns, like we don't know what he looks like as a playoff opponent, and he has killed Stephen Adams. Um, so like that, that's where like I mean I don't I don't know like that would be that would be a tough one because without Robertson, like I know Andrew Wiggins, like a lot of people think he's not any good, but the dude can still score. Um, and then you have Jimmy Butler. Like you just, the Thunder just don't have enough wing guys to defend that whole team. So that I think would, that's a good argument. I would flip them. I would be worried about them more so because I feel like the Thunder didn't show their full hand against Portland. 
Like I just don't think that they did. And so, and like I don't, we don't know really what the deal with Mo Harkless is. Like them without Harkless is like that's a big deal. That's a really big deal for them because they don't have wing depth behind him. And so, there, there's a, that's a different look. And I think the Thunder, if they can stay healthy and like that, that team doesn't scare me quite as much as like a healthy. Minnesota, even like Utah, like Utah's defense is for real. Um, <clears throat> I think that ultimately I would rather play Utah than Portland, but I think that they're a little bit closer. So uh, let's see. Uh, Whammy eight eight eight. Adams is an intelligent dude, but in the DTD intro, is it possible that he thinks the word he's saying is miffed and peeved as opposed to miffed and peeved? <laughs> I said it to him so many times like that intro that I did I spliced it up that's like only a fraction of the conversation that we had about it like I had to say, I had to say it to him so many times and there were a lot of curse words in the uh, the original <laughs> clip really <laughs> yeah yeah he was he was just he was flabbergasted at, at what I was trying to explain to him he was <laughs> but he was very nice like I pulled him aside in the hallway and he like had to go to like another media thing. And he was like, just walk with me, walk with me, explain this to me. What are you talking about? <laughs> was there any point where you were just about to scrap it and just have him say something else? Uh, no, I was very committed. I was, I was very driven and committed right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. This is from Soren Westwood. Why are you asking questions on Reddit of 12-year-olds? Wouldn't you rather just be drinking a nice Anthem beer instead? First real question. What rational reason do you have to believe the volume shooter jumps shooting jumps? Oh, my goodness. I'm so <laughs> bad. Volume shooters shooting slump will end before the playoffs, or should we prepare ourselves? So we're talking about uh, Mello and Paul George, basically. Are they going to continue to suck at shooting the basketball? Uh, it's entirely possible, but like I said earlier, I'm kind of banking on that Paul George playoff bump. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, people people just behave differently in different circumstances. And it's, and it's something that's like, like, how do you explain that? You know, like if you're put under the gun by your employer, like you're going to perform better, you know, and that's like the reason. I don't know. It's 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 a tough one to answer. And Carmelo's weird too because if you look at his last five games, so this is just from three, 0 for nine last night, four for eight against the Pelicans, five for ten against Denver, three for three against San Antonio, and then 0 for five against Portland. Mm-hmm. So he's he certainly had good games. And by the way, in those, <laughs> of course, when he shoots good from three, that means that he's taking way too many shots in general. He was six of sixteen against the Pelicans and nine for twenty one against Denver. Yeah. That's way too many. He, he gets he gets so much confidence when he starts draining threes. Yeah, yeah. They they need to rein back his role. I think if they're gonna if they're gonna make any kind of playoff run, like he's he's got to take a lesser role. Adams has to step up and take a bigger role, and Paul George has to hit his shots. So I think that's kind of like the formula to you know advance. Uh, second question: If the entire NBA was put into a Fortnite Hunger Games battle royale, who would be the last man standing? his bet would be James Harden because he just let everyone take each other out first. <laughs> um, so in the past, the answers would be uh, Chris Kamen or Steve Blake. 
they were always my two favorites because um, they were both outdoorsmen. I think yeah. uh, Steve Blake was like an MMA guy. Yes. Yes, he was. Who, who are like the modern day versions of those guys that are like kind of weird? I don't know. I feel like Corey Brewer would just like luck his way into <laughs> like he'd just be like stumbling around like accidentally killing people as he goes. I don't know. I mean, like, like Stephen Adams is like an easy answer, but like, I think that he would actually have like some survival tips and could actually pull something like that off. Other than that, like, these dudes are too they're they're too privileged to survive. Yeah, where are all the outdoorsmen? There's no there's no uh, Pekovic out there anymore. Although Paul George does like to fish. The dude loves fishing. Did anybody know so that? That might help him. He would be able to at least sustain himself out in the wilderness. That's true. He could catch a fish. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who the... I, I don't know. think it would be Boban. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be so tall and slow. He'd <laughs> be like the easiest target. Boban is the first to go. Maybe it's a, <laughs> maybe it's like a, like an Isaiah Thomas type of guy who... You can just hide for most he's, of it. He's smaller. He's, he could be sneaky. Like, like Giannis. Like you can't be Giannis and be sneaky. You know, right? Yeah. Even, even you can't be Stephen Adams and be sneaky. Like the, I don't think Stephen Adams does anything quietly. Um, so maybe that. Maybe you need like a Tyler Ulis. Like that's just a small dude that could just sneak around and and be able to kill people that way. But I'm taking Jameer Nelson. Okay. He's small, but he's got veteran savvy. And he, yeah, he's a great leader. He can lead himself to, to murder. I don't know. <laughs> this is why you're not letting your kids play video games. Yes, exactly. Uh, this is from Yin Garnid. That's obviously how you say it. Uh, shout out to Taco Burger Singler. Shout out um, from Lance Dalius. Can OKC get out of the first round if they finish with the six seed or lower, or do they need to at least be the five to realistically win a first round series? I think they have just as good a chance as winning a four five as they do a six three. Right, they're all the same teams. I would agree. So um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry if they end up six because it could be like we suggested. It could be the Spurs or it could be Portland. Who, you know, Portland may come into that series like overconfident against the Thunder because of the way that they beat them in the play or in the regular season. And, you know, I wouldn't, it would not surprise me at all if they beat Portland um, or if they lost to Portland. I can neither, like I'm not surprised by any outcome in the first round if they play the Blazers. Wow. Yeah. I, I didn't mention it earlier because there were three games ahead, but Portland's closing schedule is at Houston at San Antonio at Denver and then Utah at home. Woo. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible, and they have they have out. recent losses to Memphis and Dallas. Mm-hmm. It's possible that they fall, and that that three six is San Antonio. In which case, if I'm the Thunder, like, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Okay, like I, I am. Um, Chef slap chop again with the recent teacher strike in Oklahoma. If we as Thunder fans were to, were to go on strike, what should our list of demands be? I want. I want more local restaurants in the Chesapeake arena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want like on the second level, 
this is how they do it out in Portland. I really like it. They have all these local places that you can just go up to and buy their food. It's great because you don't you don't you don't have to eat at these like I mean like that place on the second level that serves like barbecue or whatever. Yeah, like it's good, but it's just like totally nondescript. It's like not a place that I can go to outside of the Chesapeake Arena. Right. Yeah, they just serve chicken fingers and fries. <laughs> yeah, from whoever. Um, but what if you had like what if there was like an empire pizza stand oh you know man, that would be incredible wouldn't that be great that would be wonderful I would go down there at halftime for sure uh, I think that one of the demands has to be that Mello opts out right <laughs> yeah yeah that would be a I good would, one with that. Uh, I know that you would want to get rid of the uh, I almost called it the stormtroopers <laughs> The storm chasers. Hey, you know what? I might like them better if they were the stormtroopers. <laughs> that would be pretty fun if they were just a bunch of <laughs> grown men running around in stormtrooper outfits. Yeah, throwing shirts into the stands. I can get down to that. If I don't have to see their faces, it might be a little bit better. Um, we could get a licensing deal with Star Wars. That could be our ad on our jersey. That's right. I'm I'm down with that. But yeah, get rid of the storm chasers. Mellow opt out. Better food in the arena. Um. Let's see. Nice. What if they shot nice t-shirts out of the t-shirt cannon? What if they, yeah, button-ups. <laughs> button-ups. No, I'm talking about like, like, a, like a soft, nice t-shirt that uh, maybe just a large instead of an XL. I want pants. <laughs> Shoot me pants. Give me some thunder shorts. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd be down with that. I'd be down for shooting anything other than a t-shirt. I just want them to mix it up. Uh, I think there's places that shoot like hot dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd be very into that. That's fun. That might be better. Shoot me some dogs. Shoot me a dog. Uh, let's see. Was there anything that we missed? I feel like. Um, I, I think, think we got most of them. I think we got them all. Hey, thanks for uh, participating in that. If you asked us a question, you guys are wonderful. Uh, please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you have time. I know there's many of you that haven't. We would very much appreciate that. Uh, thanks, everybody, who's reached out. I know I got a little emotional on the Friday show, but I appreciate you guys reaching out about that. You guys are very kind. Uh, appreciate that support. Uh, I know the sound isn't great this week. Uh, I'm using a different mic, and it's not working out. So the sound should be normal on Friday, and this should be better next week. So I apologize for that. Um, the Thunder don't play again till Saturday, so rest versus rust. Who knows what's going to happen, but we'll have a Friday show ready for you uh, sometime Friday morning. You guys are the best. Thanks to Alex for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. He's a great follow. Follow us at Down to Dunk. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht, uh, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.